Welcome back to another episode of Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Doug Greenberg from Rocky Minute. And I'm Jason Haynes from Rocky Minute. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Today, we're here to go through Minute 36 of Into the Night, which starts with no thank you and ends with thanks really. A lot of thanking. A lot of thanking in this minute. I... I I have to say that when you called me up and you asked me if I wanted to do an Into the Night Minute, yes, and I came here, I thought we were covering the Benny Mardone's classic Into the Night, the song. The one that's like, <laughs> if I could fly, I'd pick you up and take you into the night Ooh. and show you a love. So I, I thought it. that's what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, this, this, this is different, right? It's so, different. In fact, no, <laughs> different, completely different. Yes. So um, there's no 16 years old. There's no take you into the night and show your love. Thankfully, no. Okay. Thankfully, no. Um, yeah, this is a lot less creepy than Benny Mardonis. I don't know that it is. I don't know that it is. <laughs> but okay, um, I'm, I'm bet I'm betting all the listeners are very grateful for that earworm you just <laughs> laid upon uh, them. If, first of all, if you're listening and you've never heard the song, please, please, please go listen to it. Um, and then after you've listened to the song, watch the video <laughs> <laughs> to take it to a whole new level of creepiness. Uh, but just watch the video, listen to the song, and you're welcome. You will be singing it for the next couple days. It easily. is... One of the most catchy songs of all time. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But no, we're not covering the song. Fair enough. Or the video. We're covering the John Landis comedy classic? Pre- Can you, we call it a classic? Can we call it a Praying comedy? Mantis or John Landis? John- <laughs> okay. um, you have you used to catch Praying Mantises as a kid, didn't you? No. I uh, My dad brought home uh, a nest full of Praying Mantis eggs. Hmm, or cocoons or something, and they hatched in our garage, and we had an infestation. Of praying mantis? Man- praying mantis. Praying mantis? Praying mantis. I don't know what, where he found them and, oh or God. why he brought them home, but um, but okay. this is a praying mantis-directed comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Into the Night. It's a movie, a 1985 movie, which before um, Jim announced this at the Denver meetup, I, I didn't know existed. The movie. Or 1985. <laughs> I remember 1985 very well, but the movie. Okay. You, you ever hear of this movie? Before? Never, right. never. But we were in 1985. Oh, I was nine. This is R rated. Yeah, so it's probably not something we've seen. There's boobs a couple of weeks ago. Oh, why didn't we get boobs minutes? Somebody else got boobs. So yeah, I've I've never seen the movie ever until this day. I've never seen the movie. Okay, so you prepared for this? I have never seen. When I say I've never seen the movie, I'm including. Right now, I've never seen the movie. I've watched the minutes that we're about to cover, and I and I I was going to go back and watch the movie, mm-hmm. but a I didn't, <laughs> and b I didn't. So I was going to go back. I had two choices here: watch the movie or don't. First of all, I've been sick, so I really haven't been on. Uh, I was going to watch the movie before we did this, but I never got a chance to. A lot of things going, things going on. So yesterday, you. We talked about we're going to do this today, and I was going to watch the movie, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a chance to again. So when I came here, I 
told you, I haven't watched the movie. I watched the minutes, but I watched the movie. So we can either postpone recording this till I watch the movie, or we can do it from a perspective of I'm just analyzing minutes of something that I've never seen the complete picture of. So I'm going to talk about these minutes, but not knowing what happened before or what's going to happen after. Like they're out of context because I don't know what's going on. But I'm just going to talk about the minutes. I like the idea of speculating. So, right. So that's what we're going to do. Now. I, I saw the movie. I watched it in preparation for this. Um, so I know what's happening here. Okay. So what we're going to have here is one person that watched the movie, one person that hasn't, but we're going to analyze these couple minutes. All right. This could be interesting. Let's okay. do it. Well, what we start off with is a gentleman in a vest offering Ed, or or that was last minute, I think. Well, but Ed starts by saying, no, thank you. So the gentleman in a vest here gives him his number was offering Ed something. Now, you, as a person who hasn't seen the movie, what do you think he offered him? Where Ed's response was, no, thank you. Ed is Jeff Goldblum, by the way. Okay, yeah. Um, to take him out on a date. Sex. Hmm. A sexual encounter of some sort. Well, there are hookers, yes. He's a male hooker. No. He's a male hooker asking Jeff blow, blow, blow <laughs> <laughs> for a gold bloom. <laughs> if he wants a gold bloom. <laughs> He's... <laughs> Uh, it was drugs, Jay. Oh, okay. He was that, offering yeah. him drugs. To get him drugged up for sex. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> um, the Okay, another thing that you might not know about this is that director John Landis um, had a ton of cameos by his filmmaking buddies, directors and, and whatnot, all throughout the movie. And this gentleman, uh, the vest guy, is his name is Rick Baker. He is a special effects and makeup artist. Let's see here. Now this, he has he's had some he's actually he's actually done a lot. He's done a lot of special effects work. One of the notable ones, Gremlin 2, Gremlins 2, the new batch, our buddies over there at Mogwai Minute, um talked about Rick Baker. Hello. Uh but he did things like The Exorcist, oh. Flash Gordon. Oh. King Kong, nineteen seventy six. I don't know that. Was born. Um Mighty Joe Young. Wild Wild West. The Will Smith one? The Will Smith classic. Hellboy. That's a good resume if you're a makeup artist. Hellboy, Exorcist. Yeah. Oh, Flash oh, oh. Gordon? He was, Did he uh, make Ming's helmet? He, that would be a costume designer, probably. Probably. Ming had some good makeup. <laughs> Thank Rick Baker wow. for that. Um, he did make... He was a second unit makeup guy. I don't know what that means for uh, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Ever hear that one? Um, the Empire Strikes Back. Also, he was a makeup artist. Oh, wow. Uh, an American werewolf in London? That's in cool. London? <laughs> Hello, werewolf. Harry and the Hendersons? Wow, dude, this guy did everything. Coming to America, Gorillas in the Mist, um, The Rocketeer. Ooh. He created the makeup for Lothar. Sorry, Jim, I never watched Rocketeer. Batman Forever, The Frighteners. He did He did a lot. He's done a lot. Let me see, anything else of note here? Men in Black 2? You know, there's nothing else. To, that was a, quite the list of... Is he still alive? Yeah, he is. Still working as of 2015 as his last makeup credit. Uh-uh. So possibly he's retired. But no, he's still with us. Excellent. Yeah. So that's Rick Baker. He tries to sell Ed some drugs. I thought when he says, call me a winx, there was a reason I was leaning towards sex or some kind of relationship. Uh, you were wrong. Okay. Believe me. For the next five days, mm-hmm. you're going to hear a lot of me being wrong. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he doesn't look like a typical drug dealer. And, you know, drug dealers where we're from are quite a bit different than, uh, I guess, the, the Hollywood type. Um, but here we have a little bit of a story. 
where Diana, who's Michelle Pfeiffer's character, right. she Love claims Michelle. to not know who the men chasing her are uh, and tells Ed he could leave if he wants. She kind of gives him an out. Um, and Ed's thinking about it before we hear gunshots ring out and some terrified people come pouring out of a casino from the Miss Galaxy beauty pageant. Mm. You might be asking yourself, is the Miss Galaxy beauty pageant a real thing? Oh, I got some stuff on that. Did you Did you see both things that come up when you do this? What the... Well, let's talk about... <laughs> Um, the Hold one on a from, second. From Tonga? Yeah, what the... F- <laughs> uh, th- there's a Miss Galaxy pageant in the country, or the kingdom of Tonga, that selects the best... But wait, there's a regular one, though. Yeah. I, I... You don't want to talk about that because it's not exciting? No, it's not. I mean, it's 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 a beauty pageant. It's like along the lines of Miss America. So there's a, there is a regular Miss Galaxy pageant. Yes. Where they... Oh, that's not the one. Where they pick, you know, it's a beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. Become a ga- uh, galaxy pageants, become a galaxy girl. But this is not like Miss Universe, Miss America, Miss, like where they're talking about referencing the universe or the America. <laughs> this is, this looks like it's a, like a, like a, I can't explain it. Like become a galaxy girl seems to me to not, they're not saying like you're the most beautiful person in the galaxy. The galaxy is like a company and you would be the, am I getting like the um, spokesperson? Or the no, but it's just like a the name. I don't know. I have no idea what it is. All right. They have Miss Teen Galaxy, Miss. You know, um, I have no idea what I'm, what I'm talking about because I don't know what this is. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, a minor detail in the movie. But um, when I when I was looking up Miss Galaxy pageant, Wikipedia took me to one. Yes, that occurs in the Kingdom of Tonga. Uh huh. That selects the best fakalady. Fakalady. Now you're you're asking yourself what what is the word fakalady? mean it literally trans- translates to like a lady uh, traditionally in tonguing cultural practice there was recognition of men who preferred to behave like women especially mm-hmm. in terms of work um the term fakalati is an introduction to the tongan language to describe this aspect of male gender limit liminality anyway it's it's guys that behave like girls so miss galaxy in tonga uh, selects the best guys who act like girls Let's see. Is it is it limited to um, a Tongan individual assigned male at birth who behaves in a relatively effeminate manner? Is a fuck a lady? Is a fuck a lady? Um, but it's not necessarily tra- uh, associated with transgender or you know the LBGTQ community. Um, it's I'm it's just accepted. That's people living their best life. Okay. Okay, that's what a Fakalati is. So that's the Miss Galaxy pageant in, in Tonga. In Tonga. Excellent. The Kingdom of Tonga. Um, but here... Not that. It's not that. It's it's a beauty pageant where contestants seem to run out screaming. <laughs> and a guy emerges holding another contestant as hostage with a gun. Uh, it turns out they're filming a show. This isn't, you know, real. It's not real life. It's not really happening. They're filming a show called Kali Jack, which... Uh, I guess is along the lines of like Kojak, like a detective okay. sort of show. This is just some nondescript casino. I don't, is this? Yeah, it doesn't have a name to it. It's, okay. it's, you know, on some movie lot. Okay. Some movie studio lot in LA. Um, but the, the actor goes up to the director of the show. Director is a, a gentleman named Daniel Petrie. Who I don't have much on, which means I don't think he's that interesting, but he's a real, a real director. Um, but the actor insists to the director that he can make the character more psychotic. Again, this is a bit of a, like, really have nothing to do with the movie. It's just it's just um, John Landis' friends, you know, having a, a small part in a movie. But we, you know, 
Ed is standing off to the side watching the whole thing, and Diana thanks him for for his help. But see, you notice how he um, before you get to that, the director. The guy's pointing the gun, and the guy director pushes the gun out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like even though you know this is a fake gun and a toy gun and a prop gun, people still just don't like to have guns pointed at them. <laughs> it's not comfortable. <laughs> it's just not a comfortable situation to have this long gun barrel pointing at you, even though you know that it's fake. Right, that is true. I, I can imagine it be unsettling. It's not like a Nerf gun. No, it still looks like a real gun. Right. He's got his finger. This guy is breaking all the laws of gun safety. He's got his finger on the trigger. He's pointing it at people. Those are the two. Finger off the trigger. Don't point at anybody. This guy just doesn't get gun safety. I guarantee you, even actors, when they're training for their gun scenes, for the shooting scenes or whatnot in movies or or shows, I guarantee you, even though they're using prop guns with blanks, they're taught gun safety. Guaranteed. Well, there there was um, The Crow. Mm-hmm. Brandon Lee, right, was killed mm-hmm. what was supposed to be a prop and it turned out to be a real gun. Yeah, but I, I think it was it was intentional. Still, no, it wasn't oh. intentional. It was an accident where like um like the blank still has a projectile come out of it, but the um I don't know. It it was I don't, I don't know why we're speculating here. We can yeah, just I believe it, it was no But I I don't think it was a live round. It was still a blank, but the projectile killed him? Killed him. Um This is a good movie too, The Crow. You know what? When I went to oh I'm looking this up. Um I went to college for my first year of college at Montclair State University. Mm-hmm. And The Crow was very popular during that time. And we had to do, we had to pick a movie and write a paper on symbolism in the movie. And I did it on The Crow. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting? Question mark. You're right. You are right. March 31st. Oh, it's coming up on anniversary. Oh. March 31st, 1983, only days away from cleaning the film. Lee died during surgery when he was injured on the set of the crew after being shot by a faulty prop gun that fired the tip of a dummy round that was accidentally lodged in the chamber. There you have it. Thank you for validating me because <laughs> halfway right. through explaining that, I was like, I don't know. No, you are 100% right. I, I, you know, heard the story and I thought that it was an accident, like somebody put a real gun instead of a prop gun kind mm-hmm. of thing, but yeah. no, you're, you nailed it, mm-hmm. that one. No conspiracy. Put the Brandon Lee conspiracy to bed. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's much there's much revealing any anything plot wise. So nothing. So you really based on this you can't. I have no idea what's can't happening. Do our segment speculating with Jay? I, well, we did speculate what the guy was offering him a little bit, and I was wrong. You were wrong. So that's zero for one. Um, there's nothing else in this segment that would help you figure out what the hell is happening. Correct. Nothing. Just a couple of cameos. There's actually nothing stuff. in our week of minutes. That, there's a couple of things. <laughs> that is true. But nothing that would show you what's, what the f- is happening here. What, what's going on? I'm, just, I'm not going to curse because this isn't our Rocky Minute. I'm trying to... I'm out of my element here. But I don't... Yeah, nothing helps me figure out what's going on. We're on a movie set. Guy, uh, what, kind of, what kind of gun is this with this long barrel? Fake gun. Oh, oops. Nope. That's not what I want to do. Firearms database. So, long barrel revolver. Is that what you found? Where'd you find that on the internet? No, I'm just movie? I googled long barrel revolver. <laughs> Into the three fifty seven Magnum revolvers. Who has to edit this? Us or, or I do. Oh, whew. they don't even have an entry on the firearms database for Into the Night. So, from the having a long barrel on the gun, it means that the gas released from the gunpowder will have a longer time to expand. So the bullet will have more force behind it by the time it leaves the muzzle. Mm-hmm. The result, the bullet will fly farther. And how much faster depends on the round, of course. 
Naturally. So the longest revolver I've got is close to a nine-inch barrel. So, so basically, uh, yeah, just leaves the barrel more force having that long. But I would think if you were taking hostage in this fashion, you wouldn't choose the long barrel one because you have to... I, yeah. I think it would be easier to grab and push away, you know? Like, if you had a snub nose revolver, there's nothing... Because I feel like when she's being held hostage here, she could just grab the barrel of that gun, and you have more to wrestle away with and deal with. So this would not be yeah. the gun of choice if you're taking a close-range hostage. I would agree. Okay. That's a good good point. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. I'm not sure that there is an entry on the internet movie firearms database for Into the Night. So I cannot look up what kind of gun this... Anytime I say this... Up. You're gonna sing that, aren't you? Yeah. Lift you up and take you into the night. Okay. All right. So, um, we'll take this up tomorrow. We'll continue yep. with a uh, minute thirty-seven. Uh, but for now, I just always before you go though, I, like Jeff Goldblum is always dressed the same in every movie. He always acts the same. Like just... he does act the same. He's a uh, one-note guy for sure. He's entertaining. I guy. like I Jeff like, Goldblum. Yeah. Um. All right, but for now, you can find Into the Night podcast on iTunes and Google Play or at the main site, nightminute.com. So social media is available at The King Lives Listener's Limo on Facebook and on Twitter at Night Minute. Join us here next time on Into the Night Minute. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category. Oh.